The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the sixth chapter. Jesus said, But I say to you who hear, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who abuse you. To one who strikes you on the cheek, offer the other also. And from one who takes away your cloak, Do not withhold your tunic either. Give to everyone who begs from you, and from one who takes away your goods, do not demand them back. And as you wish that others would do to you, do so to them. If you love those who love you, what benefit is that to you? For even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who do good to you, what benefit is that to you? For even sinners do the same. And if you lend to those from whom you expect to receive, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners to get back the same amount. But love your enemies and do good and lend expecting nothing in return. And your reward will be great, and you will be sons of the Most High, for he is kind to the ungrateful and the evil. Be merciful, even as your Father is merciful. Judge not, and you will not be judged. Condemn not, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Give, and it will be given to you. Good measure pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be put into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. This is the Gospel of the Lord. In the holy name of Jesus, St. Luke's ordering of the Gospel provides a pattern that the early Christians would come to adopt. In chapter 6, before our gospel for this morning, Jesus calls the twelve disciples. Then comes the famous Sermon on the Plain. Our gospel for this morning is a portion of this sermon. The first portion, which we heard last week, continues the Old Testament catechetical tradition of the two ways, the way of life and the way of death. Today we hear a series of imperatives that describe the way of life. The disciples are catechumens who are hearers of the word, learning about the way of God and the way of the world. There are difficult words in there this morning. Love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. It sounds good in theory, but is very difficult in practice. Like the new disciples, we are being led to consider our place amid the distresses and villains of life. Where we find ourselves as we hear these words of Jesus will influence how we translate these words for our lives. If you see yourself as an individual in a vast world trying to overcome the strength of your enemies, then... Love your enemies 
sounds like a recipe for defeat. So the issue in hearing these words is one of worldview. How we identify ourselves will determine who our enemies are. If we are strict nationalists, then our enemies will be other nations and those who threaten our national aspirations. If we see ourselves as individuals in the world trying to survive, then everyone else will be, if not enemies, our competition, who could become our enemies if they get in the way of our goals. Jesus is teaching the young disciples that they must assess this very position in life. It is more than just love your enemies. It is to assess who your enemies are by thinking about who you are. For the disciples, Jesus is testing their strong Jewish nationalism and the contrast between being a Jew and embracing Gentiles. In some ways, Luke is preparing everyone for the book of Acts and the mission to the Gentiles. At one point in the gospel... Jesus tells the disciples that if they embrace these imperatives, then they will be sons of the highest. Subtly, Jesus describes the Heavenly Father. And this is most striking to me and provides context to the discourse. Jesus says, He is kind to those with no grace and to the wicked, Be merciful as your Father is merciful. Jesus is reshaping the identity of the disciples as well as their place in the world. They belong to the Heavenly Father and He defines them. But there is something very special about that particular word for mercy. Be merciful as your Father is merciful. Now, there are a few words in Greek for mercy. This word comes from the word for house. It implies that the Father's mercy is one of placement. God is merciful in that He comes and sets up a house in our neighborhood. The Father does not remain distant and detached. The Father makes a home in our midst. This picture of mercy is seen in the Old Testament temple where God comes into the Holy of Holies to bless the people. His mercy comes into the mouths of the prophets. His mercy comes in the incarnation of the Son of God. The Father's mercy is seen as the Word made flesh, walks down dusty roads amid a world full of fighting, categorizing, and labeling. The subtle cast of this divine mercy is that the death of Jesus on the cross will reshape identity and how the followers of Jesus engage the world with the same indwelling mercy. Your identity as Christians is shaped by this mercy 
that drops down from heaven. It gives sense to how we live and exist in this world. When you pray, you are not simply grasping into the air and hoping for God to hear you. When you get up each morning, you are not a singularized individual as a victim to the brazen world with no one to help. You have the Lord of heaven and earth who knows and loves you, and this through baptism. The Lord hears your prayers and then points you to the present help and mercy in the Eucharist. The apostles thought about this indwelling mercy for themselves and the world. St. Paul, writing to the Corinthians, speaks of this very same mercy in a beautiful way. He says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort those who are in any trouble. This mercy of the Father comes to us in great need. The Lord is taking a seat with us as He makes a home with us. And there He teaches us how to be merciful. In a similar way, St. Paul encourages the Colossian church As the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies. And to the Philippians, Paul says that if there is any mercy among you, fulfill my joy by being of the same mind. It is in our own recognition that God loves us that we then see the world differently. We turn and look at church and Eucharist and absolution and baptism and Holy Scripture and we see the Father's tangible mercy. He loves you so much that He will not be distant. He comes to forgive you and to bestow peace Through your baptism, you become a part of His eternal mercy with location. The mercy of the Lord shown to you blooms in a world that does not know mercy. As Christ forgives you and loves you, this divine descent of compassion rolls out from the church and curls slowly like a billow of sweet incense into the nostrils of those outside the church to bring to our enemies pause and maybe hope and with it the consideration that there is in fact a higher way of life. In the holy name of Jesus,